Hello, this is Jordan, the owner and CEO of Greaser Consulting. On today's episode, we've got Kyle coming on, uh, Mr. Channel Sales himself. Uh, we've interacted on multiple occasions about potentially partnering together. Hasn't ever really worked out, but I've always appreciated his just approach to the conversations and the way he, he thinks about partnering and channel sales and, and all of this. And the reality is, uh, I finally just reached out to him and said, listen, I am pretty stupid when it comes to channel sales. Uh, from a consulting agency, we don't do a whole lot with channel sales. I don't really know much about it. Uh, every time I've interacted with channel sales, I just know it's a different world. What does it look like? Uh, so what you're about to experience is about 30 minutes of me uh, finally learning a topic that I should have known about probably a long time ago. Uh, and so listen, if you know Kyle, lean in and listen. If you're like me and you just don't know much about channel sales, super informative discussion today. Uh, or if you're just one of the... Uh, uh, sort of regular listeners that want to know what's going on today. I think you're going to enjoy it. Like I said, super informative. Lean in, have fun, and here we go. Say you want some clarity in sales and marketing and SEP. Well, we have just the remedy. Our podcast, DevOps Therapy. Hi, crew. This is Jordan. I've got Kyle with me. Introduce yourself. Hey, it's Kyle Warren, uh, currently serving over at Mobley SMS as their director of partnerships and alliances. Uh, thanks for having me, bud. Yeah, uh, listen, we were we were joking before uh, we even started this recording today, like a little history with, with Kyle and I is I think every company that he's gone to, he has been like, listen, we're going to bring you in as a partner. We then have a conversation. It sounds like it's going to go well, and then we never actually partner. So this is like, the, this is how I know this guy. This is how we've connected over the years. Uh, but the, the, the kind of running joke, right, is we actually enjoy the conversations, but, but nothing ever happens. So hopefully this doesn't foreshadow how this podcast is going to go, right? Like, like good conversation, but like there's no real outcome, right? I'm so good at my job. Thank you, George. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just out you in front of everybody, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on on the note of your job, right? Well, the topic of channel selling, right? right. Uh, the, before we were getting started on this, you were giving me a little bit of like, hey, what you might talk about, whatever else. And I, I literally said to you, perfect, because I I'm like stupid when it comes to channel selling. <laughs> I don't even know necessarily how you all work. I don't know what you do. I don't know what stage of the organization you even come in with. Um, and in my vein, I'm always working with sellers. And then there's this bucket of like, oh, maybe you should go work with the channel selling you know, side of the org, Jordan. And then I start talking to channel selling and I'm like, I have no idea what even goes on over here. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's really the premise of the call is you're going to educate me on how this actually works, what you do every day, other than like, you know, the flirting conversations you tend right. to have had it with me that never have led to dating. Like, like what is channel selling? What in the world do you people even do? Great question, because that's the question most channel sellers get for their entire career, right? <laughs> what does channel actually do? Uh, and I've got a great analogy. A uh, guy I used to work with, uh, who I consider kind of a mentor of sorts as well, named Chris Broughton. Uh, and he and I were both on the same team working with our major nationals over at Veeam Software. 
And whenever anyone would come ask us, you know, what what's channel sales? What do you guys do? Uh, and obviously this is a podcast, so it's all verbal, but paint the picture, if you will, of just two hands coming together, bridging a gap and, and forming, right? Some of the really corny cliches that you'll probably hear that I still use to this day, uh, one plus one equals three or uh, better together type story, right? Is uh, really what we're selling from channel sales. It's, it's as you know, many would, have, would call the great multiplier. It's where you are going in on behalf of XYZ SaaS company, and you're approaching uh, you know SIs, GSIs, so uh, system integrators, global system integrators. You're speaking with consultancies, other ISVs uh, as well, and you're looking to join forces with all of those folks. Uh, and really serve up a solid solution that complements something that you're already doing, right? So if you are a SI and you're doing everything soup to nuts or rooter to the tutor, right? And you need a complementary piece of software, in this case, uh, where I'm at at Mobley, where we simplify and really make it easy to text from within inside of Salesforce, right? Native application. And you're a sales rev ops person. You're looking to uh, really help your reps, you know, have broader reach. Uh, most people will look at your text message, will respond to said text message as well. Uh, the numbers are off the charts. Uh, and, you know, we just need to get them an extra step of the way. So you introduce a Mobley to, say, a Salesforce consultancy, and by being together, you couple, join forces, become stronger that way, and that's channel sales. Uh, another way of looking at it as well, from the channel's perspective, is you're really multiplying your sales force for very minimal cost as well, which is why I believe every SaaS company in the world is doing themselves a disservice when they do not have a partnerships, channel, eco, whatever you want to call it, uh, division uh, within uh, and paying some attention to even the low-hanging fruit of, hey, we're both working with this customer or client. What can we do together, improve our value prop together, uh, and really have this holistic sale? So that's the long-term story of it. Uh, But from a day-to-day, it is... Uh, and I put it this way, and I probably said this to you at one of those companies as well, is that the way I perceive uh, partnerships and channel is that I work for my partners and I just happen to get a check from said SaaS company, right? Uh, but if you're making your partners happy, if you're giving, if you go into the relationship with a spirit of giving, and that's what partnering really is and means, uh, then you're both going to come out better and uh, it's going to work out well. Well, this speaks to my true ignorance with channel sales, like a <laughs> uh, really elementary question here. Sure. Are you reporting to the VP of sales? Is there a set quota that you have or your team of partners have? Like how does that actually interact or, and I mean, you don't need to tell me what you're getting paid today, but like <laughs> how does a comp plan even work? So I know what yeah. motivates you people. No, great question. Right. So, and I'm glad you asked it because I am uh, 
for the first time in my career, I have a different type of reporting structure. And I think it was brilliant by the folks who brought me into Moakley. Right now, I report directly to VP of marketing uh, or, you know, also known as CMO, right? So uh, that's who I directly report to. That's who I was talking to before you and I are having this conversation today around what are my landmines? What should I not say? All that good stuff. Uh, what should I uh, say as well uh, that doesn't get me in trouble here at good old Mowgli? Uh, but because Channel spent so much time uh, with you know marketing, it was just a great step. So that's my direct report. That's my direct line of reporting uh, currently. And then, of course, she reports directly to uh, CEO. Um, that said, every other role, though, it has been a direct-to-sales uh, reporting structure. Uh, as I've been in my director roles, it's been direct to VP of partnerships or VP of sales. Uh, and then even prior to this, when I was a you know channel account manager and everything else, uh, we were still on the sales side. So we have numbers, right? So the channel team, which has been my experience though, uh, there may be some outliers out there, but channel team does definitely have a quota, a target number that we're going after. Uh, and there are some really interesting KPIs uh, that, or MBOs, whatever your company wants to term it, that are specific to channel as well. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you a quick high level, high level overview. It really boils down to how much can we attribute to said partner bringing in the door for us in net new logo acquisitions, right? If we're working with Greaser and, you know, one day you do become a partner of mine at some company, right? And uh, somewhere over the rainbow, yeah, we'll get somewhere, there. right? Or beneath it as well. But say we're working together, you've got a client, they're looking to rev up their for, sorry for the pun here, their ops uh, and get things going. <laughs> and you're a partner of Mowgli and you bring in a net new logo. We close them. They're using Salesforce. They're using everything else in that tech stack. Whatever that customer is bringing or represents by way of ACV, we're going to attribute that to Greaser. And then by proxy, we're going to attribute it to your channel account manager, whoever's carrying that quota that's working with you as a, as a partner. Uh, and that's how those numbers are figured for, for partnerships. Uh, there's a lot of variables in there too. Uh, lots of companies like to see number of uh, lunch and learns, right? It's another good example that you're doing in educating other sales teams. Uh, how many uh, marketing co-branded, uh, you know, marketing collateral type one pages have you got out there with the partner uh, explaining that value prop? And that's where the one plus one equals three stuff comes from, right? And showing how Mowgli and Greaser can do X, Y, and Z for you. Or Mowgli and Salesforce is another good example. Uh, and this is why it's better together as opposed to utilizing a competitor or going at it alone. So those are the other areas. So le level with me, though. How many, you bring in 10 partners, how many are actually worth a grain of salt? It, oh man, you're going to make me say it, aren't you? It's the, it, 
as I stutter through this because I'm really reluctant in saying it. It is the 2080. Uh, you know, listen, don't say it if you're not comfortable. It, don't I'm say it if really, you're not comfortable. It really is that 2080 rule. This is my insight there, though. In channel, though, because in sales it's 2080, that 80 is not spending at all, right? In channel, though, if you've got a 2080, 20 out of 100 of your partners are really worth something. Uh, what we call that 80 or what our nomenclature is around that is the long tail, right? We call those partners that are, maybe they do a deal a year, which is not what we want, but that's the reality, right? We call those partners the long tail partners. And the mistake a lot of channel orgs make is in ignoring that 80. So that's the big differentiator. You, in partnering, you've got to still pay attention to all 100%. Uh, and because you never know where that next opportunity is going to come from in partnering. And you can't leave any stones unturned. Otherwise, they'll just go with the easiest solution as opposed to the best or They'll go with the one that's most recently on their mind, that's captured that mind share. They'll toss it in, get the quote and roll. Uh, and you're really doing your own partner community a disservice when, when you allow that to happen. So they're all worth something. But to your point, though, and this is the standard that I try to keep most partners to is on a quarterly basis, what are we doing together? It, it's not a hey, hope you had a great Thanksgiving, talk to you Q2 of next year. It is on a quarterly basis. What of this is repeatable when it comes to net new? And then also, what are we going to make sure we're doing together to make sure there's no churn either uh, as we go down the road? Is there a, an approval process beyond just, you know, you're the partner director and you're saying, hey, come on in, you're in, that the company says, okay, long-term, this is a smart partner. And what I mean by that is I, I've seen, especially in the uh, you know, economy's getting tight, so there's a lot of solution consolidation right now. Mm -hmm. And you also see things like, I mean, shoot, I'll even give the outreach world, right? right? Originally, it was sending out a bunch of emails, doing some phone calls, whatever. Well, now they've got um, uh, a forecasting tool, which is competing with, a, right. they've got Kaya, which is doing uh, competing with Gong and right. competing with Core. And like Gong and Chorus, for example, started as solution partners, right? right? Like we're going to integrate together. We're going to do this together. And so there's a little bit of almost a shaky ground of, you know, you're bringing in these partners, but are they also like, I don't want to say this, like queuing up to eat your lunch later. Right. You know what I mean? Like how, how does that actually work? That's where the strategy comes in. This is why – so I playfully always say I'm a channel homer. Uh, I started off at Beam Software over – wow, sounds weird saying it now. But over a decade ago, it's my second career going into this world, right? I started off in the nonprofit sector and uh, worked my way into actually having to make some money uh, somewhere. Uh, and so I gave that, that career up and started into this, right? The cool thing about me cutting my teeth at Veeam was that they were a 100% partner-driven org. They still are to this day, actually. All deals went through a partner, uh, be that a everything from a CDW all the way down to a 
camera corner connecting point, which is based out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, right? Uh, and so when you look at partners and bringing them in, it's almost you hope they get to a place of not necessarily eating your lunch, but to a place where they are self-sufficient and able to really understand how to bring in, you know, that additional revenue by utilizing you. And not that I'm skipping over your point of even if you're working with a similar type technology or if you're working with a, you know, an ISV that could perhaps even one day uh, do something similar to what you do. A good example of that actually is what we're currently in the midst of is with Salesforce has a texting uh, tool, right, within, uh, within their platform currently. But we're still great friends in that everyone kind of covers their own area, right? And we're still able to coexist and be totally transparent around, you know, scalability and these other things, uh, you know, that you would have questions around and, you know, vertical and everything else. You got to keep all of that in mind uh, when working with similar scoped companies, if you will. But Still, you want those relationships. It's not anything you ever really want to shy from. Uh, one of your good examples, right, was with, uh, you know, Chorus in uh, my days there at Zoom Info when we acquired Chorus and we were utilizing Gong at the time and made that switch because we ate our own dog food or drank our own champagne, however you want to put it, Uh it was one of those moments where I looked at it and I was like, this is actually a good move for both. Uh, and to this day, I'll still say, you know, gong, great gooey, right? Great gooey. Uh, you know, chorus, maybe not as pretty, but more accurate in terminology uh, and phrasing and who's the speaker, right? But at the end of the day, you still want to be friends. Uh, and of course, it sounds like the channely thing to say, right? That you want to be, you know, cohorts in this, but you really do. And I liken it again to a current role and position that as we're starting to build out our partnership program further, uh, there is an IPP, right? Which is an ideal partner persona. Everybody has ICPs, I have IPPs. Uh, saying that in retrospect is probably not the best phrasing, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) is really who you can align with in taking into account if one day they become the bigger, badder wolf doesn't really come into play. It's really what's the best thing we can do for these clients and customers today uh, what's going to be the best thing for my company, which is going to be growth, of course. Uh, and if we can do that together, we can make this thing work. Uh, and that's the way I see it. I'm still stuck on IPP, just <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know until you say it out loud. I, I know I'm like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those, like, in the head, you're like, man, I got this nice rhythm. And then it comes out, and you're like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, a good uh, example. So. Check this out, though. Let's take us down a rat hole real quick. Uh, one of those partners I gave as an example, which was Camera Corner Connecting Point, actually 
registered the domain of cccp.com, not thinking at all about what that <laughs> would be. And uh, yeah, it made for some interesting conversations uh, over there at Beam. <laughs> so, it's like oh, cccp.com, not really forward thinking, but all right, <laughs> we're here now. Yeah, all right, yeah, we can jive with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's. That's like. Uh, I mean, I can't even think of the example, but you like you hear about these brand moves of these companies that are worth like mega millions, right? And then all of a sudden they come out with something, and you're like, "How did that get past the board?" Like, I, like you know, like really nobody saw that. Nobody's on the same wavelength. They're all like, "Yeah, that'll work. That'll play out there." <laughs> and that's yeah, it. I like it. That's a nice ring to it. That's it. Man, well, so you said something earlier in the conversation where you were saying SaaS companies, you don't get it. Like they don't get in the ball game with this early enough, often enough. Yeah. Like what's the hesitation, right? I mean, obviously you're in channel sales, so it's going to sound like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Right. But the, like the reality though is like, like why is there a hesitation of going in this direction yeah. sooner at all? I try not to be the rainbows and unicorns explainer of channel, right? Because early on, I felt that strain of, you know, what's the point? They, matter of fact, it gets even dirtier than that, right? It's all the way down to, oh, you couldn't handle carrying a bag, so you went over the channel. Right. Those are some of the things that old school AE. Yeah, you don't got any real sales charts, right? Yeah, you're not really a sales person. So you just want to go out and what I like to call chug and hug, right? So you go host a happy hour, drink some beers, pat everybody on the back and walk away with no opportunities. Uh, That is not at all the case. Uh, But that's a lot of that pause, right? If you haven't seen channel work properly, then you have no idea of the power of channel. And that's where that comes from. A lot of folks take that direct route of direct sales, SDR to AE to field AE to director to VP of sales, right? And never have met a channel or in their life kind of thing. And those are the folks who come along and have this preconceived notion of they were going to buy anyway. Right. Or we were going to stumble upon this deal without the partner. Uh, I had at a company that shall remain unnamed uh, a interaction. It was horrible uh, kind of uh, experience, but interaction with one of the AEs at this company. And it was dealing, of course, with the uh, enterprise uh, AEs uh, who are a different breed and I love them to death, but dude told me he was working an account with a, but, but still, of course, it was that, <laughs> but still, of course, the enterprise, AE. it was right? the enterprise, AE. And you love them, but still, of course, the enterprise, AE. <laughs> he told me, and I kid you not, Joe, he told me, Hey, look, man, every time I bring a partner into a deal, you push my retirement back six months. <laughs> I'm like what? He said, yeah, they're, they're taking, you know, margin away from me and I was going to get the deal anyway. And we had a prime example, though, where partner was engaged at a C level uh, within this org. He'd been trying to sell for 18 months and partner was already engaged, uh, having full conversations around the whole tech stack and everything. Uh, 
our AE was dealing, our enterprise AE was dealing with uh, VP level. So they thought they had sign off. Uh, partner educated them, expedited the deal, got it closed. Uh, and it's the same guy, though, that was like, they pushed it back six months. I was, so we were sitting at a kickoff and I was like, you see the value in this, right? He's like, yeah, I worked out one time. I got you. So, uh, but that's the pause, right? Will it extend the sales cycle? Will bringing in a partner dig up some other things that slow my, you know, time to value or close? Uh, but the reality is when done properly, when done right, the channel relationship is an enhancement. Uh, another cool thing about Mobley, uh, where I am now, uh, and we proudly say this, uh, that 40 to 45 percent of our revenue currently comes from partnership, partner-led uh, opportunities and demos, uh, and there's actually a quicker time to close when the partner is actually involved with the deal. Uh, and it's because, honestly, uh, our founder, Stephen, really has this, this vision of community and working together. Uh, and so we're not shy to say, hey, you know, if you're account mapping or what have you, and we have a common open opportunity or a common customer that we're dealing with, by all means, let's, let's go after them together. Let's work this thing out. Uh, if we need to give a little, we'll do so. But it works, man. And that's the duality of it. It's either it's a strain and I'm kind of scared of if I do bring in channel, what's going to happen. But those who fully embrace it, uh, I have not seen a dissatisfied SaaS customer from anyone that has a good channel or. You've said, I think three or four times now, <laughs> when done right, when done right, which leads me to believe there's certainly a lot of when done wrong. Yeah. Right. So, what, I mean, in your opinion here, what is when done right and what is when done wrong? The ironic thing about my career is that it's been um, a majority of the time I have spent building. Uh, and thanks to, again, uh, I'm going heavy beam on this conversation, but they were always open to trying something different. Uh, or, you know, expanding into different verticals when it came to the type of partnerships uh, that we had. And, and as I've seen that develop throughout my career, though, what I mean by when done right is when it's launched, it is launched with full on support, right? When done wrong is when you have a partnership program just to say you have a partnership program, right? And you've seen them all, right? It's just a matter of maybe it's at the bottom in the byline of the website and it says like partnerships, you click on it. It's a one page, you know, just blurb on partner with us and we can be a technical partner or a sales partner and, you know, sign up here and you get your 10% for whatever referrals and that's that uh, and slow to respond and all this other stuff because it's not you know, they're not really in it. Uh, and that's the done wrong. Done wrong is when it's just window dressing and it's not a true on, and not to sound kind of like altruistic around this thing, but a belief in the fact that 
Partnering is another really smart way, and I'm going to steal it, you know, to really cross the chasm, right? And that's like one of our channel Bibles, right? And no, uh, But that's really one of the ways, and Jeffrey Moore put it, you know, really succinctly there that you get from that early adopter stage and really as that technology adoption takes off, the only way to get across that chasm is by partnering and by having, you know, others that are out there on your behalf really slinging your stuff. But if you're not into it, that's the wrong way. And it's going to smell too, right? It's going to, it's going to stink and people know right away uh, (laughs) that, oh, this is just, you know, they're just playing around. And, and, the done right is, and I'll say it again, when you have buy-in from leadership all the way up, got to be C-level, uh, and they also believe and want to see partnerships succeed uh, just as much as they want to see that direct sales work succeed as well. So I guess the million-dollar question here is getting into channel sales. You talked about the typical SDR, AE, direct, you know, whatever. Right. What's the path into channel sales? Like where, where do you come from to get to here? That's pretty good. That's really good question. Cause I cheat. So ba- basically yeah. like what I'm asking, I'm just confirming, right. If right. you can't sell, then you come over here. Right. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> no. Right. No, not the case. It's so here's my soapbox for this real quick. And then I'm gonna tell you the pathway. Here's my little soapbox on why it's actually harder to be an effective channel account manager than it is. And, you know, I'll take all the tomatoes all day from every AE in the world. I got it. Bold statement about to come here. Here it it comes, right? It is a much more strategic, long game. Uh, It's like playing chess as opposed to tiddlywinks, right? And I just aged myself there. Uh, But it really is, right? It's a matter of what is this activity going to yield? Not, you know, by end of quarter, because every quarter is the most important quarter in your SaaS company's, you know, history. But 18 months down the line, when this is a partner that's bringing in 5x than what they were doing currently, that is all strategic. And it's not a hit it and quit it and pass it on to the account manager and you're on to the next thing. This is a long-term relational game and it is damn hard. It really is Uh, because it is a consistency. It is a, where is this ROI, right? Because that's main question in any RevOps person's mind, where's the ROI in this relationship? And you have to be able to show value short-term, but also the long-term gains as well. So that's my soapbox there. It is a very strategic role. And if you're not into building long-term lasting relationships, if you're not into being real honest (laughs) from day one, uh, with whoever you're dealing with, and it's not a, okay, how low can I get this uh, to get it done kind of sale? It's a, you know, here's the value piece. That's the right role. So if that's you, right, how do you get into it? Um, 
there are a good number of inside channel account manager roles. Uh, you'd be surprised even if you did a quick search on LinkedIn for open channel or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, terminology you want to use or alliances or whatever roles, it'll blow you away of how many roles are open currently, even in this uh, macroeconomic climate uh, and what's out there. And then also, I would also say from a pay uh, structure that, uh, you know, channel is not going to, you know, look lower or less than from a direct sales or kind of role as well. It's uh, by no means the case. It's on par with, uh, and in some cases, uh, you can really, you know, kind of hit the jackpot as well uh, in partnering because that partner, again, they have inroads into places you haven't even looked yet. Uh, and that's what's cool about it, right, is that they've got that whale uh, sitting in their back pocket and it's their best friend. And, oh, by the way, oh, I guess you guys did need a texting solution inside Salesforce. I've got my buddy Kyle. Let me introduce you guys. Comes together and, uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But uh, inside channel account management, uh, account management as well uh, is another stepping stone. Uh, and then once you get in, it's totally up to the individual uh, to really build. I'd always say that it's such an incestuous uh, industry that we're in, right? It's, I mean, here's a really good example, and I'll shut up here, is just that my second call when I was at Zoom Info, uh, I was on the line, we were building the program. Uh, I was on the line with my then boss, Dove Diamond, awesome dude, by the way. Uh, and uh, the second call was actually with the company I had just come from. Uh, with their CEO uh, over at Click Dimensions. And, you know, thankfully we were able to have a chuckle, you know, as the call opened up because I'm on with my boss and everything. Uh, so we had a good chuckle. He said, you had one of the toughest, you know, territories in the world. Great to see you. And how's the family? And we keep moving, right? Because again, you know, once you're in, it's almost like the familia, right? You're in. And, um, you know, you can make your inroads however you want to be that through alliances, strategic alliances, partnerships, eco. You well, name you keep it. that network, right? You're good to go. Yeah. And you got to build it and you got to be yeah. you got to be ready to build that as well and be all in uh, there, too. Same reason why you and I keep talking. Right. It's still, you know, how would this work or how would that play out? Uh, and thankfully, you know, you've been open to having the conversation and I have access to you because I haven't given you any BS, hopefully, right? Throughout our, you know, times and conversations, it has been a, okay, that's not. On, on this on this public forum, yeah. I'm not willing to say whether or not you, ha you have her. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Nah, listen, man, I've always appreciated, yeah. always appreciated the connection, always appreciate it. So I, th I think that's, what you're what you're talking about, right? Is you, you don't get into channel sales with it sort of a transactional mindset, no. like you are you are playing the long game even beyond. Uh, you, you're sort of building the network no matter what you're doing. Yep. Is 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 what I'm picking up here. I do uh, agree. Yes, you know. and for, I mean that's a whole series of questions, but we're we're <laughs> actually at time. 
So, Kyle, I have to tell you, like, all of these podcasts always have, like, a totally different flair. Sure. Uh, and I just want to say I really appreciate you coming on today uh, for uh, selfishly just for my own education because I'm I'm definitely one of those folks on the one side of the sales org going, who are these channel sales people anyway? <laughs> uh, not saying I'm against you, not saying I'm right. for you, just saying, like, I don't know who what you are, it? right? Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, dropping some knowledge on how this process all, all works, and uh, you know, I, I best of luck at Mowgli and so on and so forth. Right? My pleasure, man. Absolutely. All right, man. Stay out of trouble. Cool. You too. <laughs> Hot dog! That was a great episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Greaser Consulting or any information you heard on today's episode, visit us online at www.greaserconsulting.com. Be sure to click the follow button and the bell icon to be notified on the latest here at RevOps Therapy. Thanks and see you real soon.